Welcome to The Savvy Session, your go-to podcast about elevating your life and business, sprinkled with a little bit of fun. This podcast is brought to you by Elevate Performance Solutions and Revolu IT Services. And now, here are your hosts, Kirsten Ramos and Paula Kircher. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Savvy Session. As we continue to share stories that elevate women, we are excited to be talking today with a leading coach and consultant who helps women break through to leadership roles and create the career and the life that they want. Today, we are joined by Katie McPhee, who is the founder and principal of Insights to Action. Hello and welcome, Katie. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Katie, can you share a little more with us on your background in sales and your journey into leadership roles? Yeah, absolutely. So I spent about 18 years in sales and leadership. Um, I started my career and the first job I had, I decided I want to be a VP sales. So I looked at my boss and thought, this guy is so cool. When I grow up, I want to be him. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of funny because he was not like me at all. (laughs) And then for, you know, the rest of my career, I I essentially was climbing towards that goal. And I worked at a number of startups and some larger companies. And eventually I made it there. I became a VP sales and then I became an EVP sales. But I often say it was not graceful. So I really struggled along the way and there's a couple places I got stuck. So I got stuck at the manager level, trying to go from manager to director. And I got stuck again at the director level. And I tried to move from director to VP for about five years. And I really felt like I was banging my head against the wall because I didn't know what I was doing wrong or, or I didn't know what I wasn't doing right. And the only feedback I got from my boss was, you need to be more strategic. Mm. And I didn't know what that meant. I would would be sitting there Googling on my computer, like, strategic. strategic. (laughs) Well, and and how can I apply it to this role? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it was interesting because when I started my career in sales, I did really well in sales. I I was a natural salesperson. I was really passionate. I loved people. And so my initial first few years of my career were successful and it was pretty easy for me to get into that manager position. And so this is part of the reason that once I got stuck, especially at the director level, I was like, man, why is, why is it no longer working? Right. I'm doing everything I was doing before. I'm working really hard. I'm executing on everything I've been told to do. And yet I'm not getting the results I want to get. And so I spent a long time, you know, thinking about this a lot. I I worked with an executive coach and finally I I figured out what was holding me back essentially. Um, And it was a few things. Um, And then once I was able to work through that, and so, uh, you know, I'll share what it is, but I, I, I had some major limiting beliefs Mm. just in terms of showing up as my authentic self as a leader. I had not yet mastered this ability to, really understand my strengths and lean into those mm. and complement my weaknesses, maybe through hiring or outsourcing. I was trying to do it all. And then the third one, and this is one of the biggest ones, is I learned how to really present myself as a strategic leader to 
the management team and to my boss. And that's where I see a lot of people struggle, um, but that's definitely where I struggled. So I, I wasn't showing up as a leader. I wasn't presenting data in the way that they wanted to receive it. I wasn't carving out time to, you know, be more strategic and, and create the right insights. Um, and so these were the things that were holding me back. And it, it's, you know, it's a fair bit of stuff. Um, but once I figured that out, I was able to, you know, move into a VP role and see some success, success there and then and then become an EVP um, at a tech company. So, yeah. Well, I, I love that. And it's it's always so interesting where, you know, the the limiting beliefs that we all, you know, as we were talking before this, we all kind of have ingrained in our minds, maybe, um, and I'll just say it, as women, we have those ingrained in our minds of, hey, you can do this, but maybe not this, or you're not as great at that as this. So um, I'm glad that one, you found, okay, these are the three areas with which I'm struggling and then, you know, also what we'll we'll talk about next is then how how do you also help other women? Because this past March, you launched Insights to Action. And as someone uh, myself who values learning from others and learning alongside others, and that also share common goals. And if misery loves uh, misery loves company, also those shared challenges that we all have. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you created Insights to Action and also what your mission is? Yeah, I'd be happy to. I love talking about this. (laughs) So do I. Um, (laughs) So I launched Insights to Action really to help other women who might be struggling with some of the things that I was. And so we talked about limiting beliefs. Part of the reason I struggled in this area is that I didn't have any female role models or any female mentors. And so when I looked at, you know, I, I, I kind of joked when I looked at my first boss, I was like, I want to be him when I grow up. Um, he was really the example that I had. And then, and then others like him. And what I learned was that what worked for them didn't always work for me, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm a woman. And so, you know, if I deployed some of the tactics that I saw then use, it didn't necessarily land the same way with people. And so I really need to like lean into who I was as a woman and just who I am, you know, personally. Um, And so that was something I kind of had to, you know, figure out. And so with insights to action, my mission is to help more women break through to the executive level. So that is my, my overall mission. Mm -hmm. I'm really passionate about helping to narrow that gender gap that we see at the senior levels of leadership. And if I can even narrow it like a tiny amount, then I'm happy with what I've done on this earth. So that's my mission with insights to action. And what I do is I do, I do group programs. I do one-on-one coaching and it's really to work with women to help them present themselves as senior executives, as strategic leaders. And not only that, but to show up as the leaders they want to be. So really bring their, their superpowers and their full authentic selves to the business um, and see the success they want to see without totally burning out, which is another thing that right. women struggle with often. Yes, very much. 
And I think that's a great point when you talk about leaning in and being the leader you want to be, because I think so much that just looking at my career, that I always looked at other leaders and how they were and try to emulate their style. But that's such a great point that you you can learn from them, but you really, to be authentic, is to really look at your strengths of how you want to be a leader yourself. So that's a very good point, Katie. Yeah. And Paula, I love that you bring that up because you're right. A lot of times it's okay to emulate certain qualities that you see in your own self, but recognizing that it's not a one size fits all. And so Katie, I love that your program has, Hey, what does it look like to you? What are your specific goals and how can you reach those through working, you know, with yourself and, and, you know, in a, in a cohort based environment as well? Yeah. And, you know, with respect to this idea of emulating people, like one example was my, my first boss, he's a great example. Cause he was the one that made me want to be a VP sales. He was like a six foot three alpha male rugby playing <laughs> charismatic guy. And his sort of spiel was, um, he would kind of joke with customers that like, he didn't really know anything. He was just like the sales guy, but because he had such presence, it, yeah. was, it was disarming. It really worked for them. But if I walked in and did that as a young female, <laughs> right. off, they would think, oh, this person doesn't know anything, right? Like right. it actually <laughs> wouldn't serve me. And so this is, you know, that same theme where I had to say like, who, who do I actually want to be as a leader? Mm. People look at me, what do I want them to think, right? And how do I want, um, I, how do I want people to, uh, sort of like refer to me if they're thinking about me or telling someone else about me. And I realized that my core values really were a key part of that, right? Like I care a lot about empathy and kindness mm-hmm. um, and having the courage to be vulnerable. And so that stuff's unique to me. I mean, there's other people that that feel the same way, but those are things that are really personal. And so what I realized was the more I showed that side of myself to the world and really leaned into it, one, the easier it was for me to perform at work because I was able to just be myself and not have to think yes. about putting on some mask. Um, but secondly, people liked it because that's who I am. And when you are authentic with people, they generally respond well to that. Well, and I also think that that showing up as an empathetic leader is something the world needs a lot more of. And I know we're we're seeing we're seeing more of it. But, uh, you know, I think that's also a refreshing take that, hey, you didn't have the physical presence of, of being, you know, 6'3 rugby player necessarily, but showing up as, hey, this is who I am in my authentic self as an empathetic leader also likely endure, you know, endeared your uh, your team and your executive team to you as well. Yeah. And you make a good point where it's this is something we're seeing a little bit more of. And I'm so happy that Same. it's like cool <laughs> to be kind now because it used to not really be. Like, right. It's kind of a newer thing where there's a lot of emphasis on having empathy and, and being kind. There's some really you know prominent figures out there that are talking about this, which I love and appreciate and has been great for me. Yes. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, being like the sort of the hard boss has never been something that felt right to me. <laughs> So yeah, this is, I think this is a a great change for a lot of people involved. Anyone at work, this is probably good for you. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Yes, absolutely agree. And I know that you also offer an exclusive small group program called Breakthrough to Executive Leadership. 
Can you tell us more about this program and some of the benefits of being a part of this community? Yeah. So I launched this group program. This is like my baby. It's like a labor of love. Um, (laughs) And it's partly because a lot of the elements that I talk about with respect to breaking through to senior leadership are are things that everyone needs to know. So it's a little more curriculum based as opposed to my one-on-one coaching, which is very much custom to each person. And so I noticed that a lot of the women that came to me for this specific challenge, I was telling them the same things. And so I thought, okay, this, this could be good in a group setting and a little more structured so that I make sure I'm covering these, you know, key elements with everyone who, who I'm working with. But the second reason that I wanted to make it a group was that in my career, I was kind of craving more group support. And this is kind of funny because I think back now, there was a, a time in my career where I had reached out to these two women who we'd kind of come up together. We had worked at our first company together and we were both, we were, the three of us were in leadership and I'd reach out to them saying, Hey, what would you think about getting together once a month and just maybe kind of talking shop? I was, I was still too scared to say, like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and we, and we share challenges. I, I just felt I still had so much imposter syndrome at that time. And I was not really aware of it that I didn't want to say that, but I said, what if we just talk shop and meet once a week? And it's funny because their response was like, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm not uh, really interested really? in like, get together, but I'm not really interested in talking about work. And I realized in retrospect that I wanted a peer group. I just didn't know yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, and I didn't get access to a peer group until I was an EVP. Wow. So crazy. So, so finally, when I was an EVP, uh, the company I was at was part of an accelerator program. Um, and I was, we were able to join uh, a sales leadership peer group. It was optional. And so I decided, sure. And so I got put in this group with, there were six of us, mostly men actually, but all sales leaders, senior sales leaders. And I loved it. I just thought, wow, I get to meet with these people every month. We're sharing all of our common challenges. We're helping each other out. It's such a great support because oftentimes it's, it's kind of like, you know, quote, quote, lonely at the top, right? As you move into leadership, there's fewer people that you can really talk to about the things that you're, you're facing. You're, you're certainly not going to complain to your reports. That's not appropriate. Right. right? So, um, having people you can trust in a confidential sort of group Mm -hmm. setting to share these things. I just, I thought it was so valuable. And I really thought, man, I could have used this like five years ago, seven (laughs) years ago. And so ever since then, I've thought, one of my goals in life, one of my missions is to create peer groups for people because I just found it so, so beneficial, um, you know, personally. And so I thought this was the perfect opportunity to do that, where it'll be a small group, it'll be capped at 10 people. There will be like a Slack group where people can keep in touch. We'll, we'll have our sessions together. And then my, my hope and goal is that women stay in this group after that. Right. So it becomes like this this mini support network of people who are in the same boat, who can support each other. Um, And ideally that continues on, you know, indefinitely. Well, I think there's so much value to having a group of peers that can talk about challenges and that are not in the same organization necessarily. Mm -hmm. Now, I realize there may be some organizations that say, hey, we have two leaders we'd like to send to this cohort. But because you know, if I'm hearing you right, it, it's taking off from the one-on-one coaching where you're like, I'm I'm kind of saying some similar 
threads here, but I, you know, I know just from the, the groups I've led or, or been a part of, there's so much knowledge, not only from the facilitator the you know, the coach, but there's, there's knowledge in finding out that someone else in the cohort had a similar experience to you, or they handled it completely different. And so it's, oh, wow, I didn't consider handling it that way. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. I, I love this. So I, I, you know, I think that's the other, the other positive to having that cohort based, um, you know, learning from each other. Yeah. And yeah. Was, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Katie. I was just going to add on just about like the groups. I know that with Kirsten and I, we were part of a couple of different women's groups and we enjoy, um, everyone works in different companies, but you definitely learn so much. Even if we're just meeting once a month, you know, then you have this community that as you get to know each other, that you can reach out on the side to each other. So I think these um, these communities are so important um, as you learn and grow in your um, in your career. Yeah, absolutely. And and oftentimes people find a lot of benefit in just sharing and being heard. Yes. And as I was going through my coaching program, it's the same thing. We we were a cohort based, a small pod, and just meeting with these people week after week and getting to hear what's going on with them and sharing what's happening with me and having that built-in support. It's just so nice to have people right. who are rooting for you and who, you know, yeah. you know, you can look forward to sharing in the setting because let's face it, a lot of us in our lives outside of work life, we we're busy with home stuff, sometimes kids and families or aging parents or who knows what, right? right. And how many people do we have in our life who really just holds space for us and listens to us. <laughs> probably right. not a lot. <laughs> right. And, and it's probably not intentional. It's not that they don't want to listen to us. Maybe it is, but it, it can also just be the bandwidth of everyone. Yeah. Right. We all just, we have that. We all have the same bandwidth, but it's, it's taken up by different, different things. So knowing you have that dedicated time and space is so valuable um, to those, to those participants. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, excellent. Um, this has been amazing. I have one last question for you. And you actually mentioned that this is something that you use and it's knowing what your superpower is. So I love that you already utilize this in your coaching and working with individuals, but we'd love to know what your superpower is and how do you think it's helped you succeed? That's a great question. And I used to always say my superpower was people, but I think that was lazy. So, <laughs> but I think it is now that I've given this some more thought in my life, I think my superpower really is being able to connect dots and understand complex topics or situations or, you know, lots of moving pieces and then distill that down into what matters. And so that was really useful for me as a VP and an EVP, because I could look at all this data and I could say, oh, this is the thing that matters. We need to leverage this. This is how we're going to build a winning strategy. It's also really useful for me in, in my coaching business. And it's really what allowed me to look back at this whole area of my career and say, okay, what were the things that mattered that I was able to figure out? Because when you're in it, let's face it, when you're in it, it's not intentional. 
Right. A lot of the things I've done that were like quote quote strategic were just like I just did them. And then <laughs> in looking back, it's like hindsight's yeah. 20 when I look back and I'm like, wow, yeah. that was a really smart thing that I did. And so it's allowed me to look at this whole, you know, messy eight years of my life or whatever and pull out, okay, these were the things that really moved the needle. These were the things that really mattered in terms of helping me to become an effective strategic leader. And so it's allowed me to build this curriculum and it's allowed me to also present the information in a really digestible way to the women I work with. Well, and especially when, you know, at times being concise matters and, and being able to have someone say, oh, okay, great. I love that you said that. I'm not confused. I know where I need to go next, or I know the path I need to take in order to get to what's next. Um, and I, I love that superpower. Yeah, I love that yeah. too. And, um, and I think being able to look back, I love that you said that, you know, being retrospective, looking back and then actually determining the the big points that you were able, I always say like, what were the pivots that made something work or not work and what were the lessons learned from it? So I think that's a great superpower to have. So say like, what really matters, you know, cause we're all busy, like you said, whether it be with our work or with our personal lives, we're so busy. So to be able to dive in and say, okay, here are, are the main areas that maybe matter and to focus on and, you know, mm-hmm. then being strategic through it all. So I think that's a great superpower. I love Chris. And I really love like we, when we ask this, everyone bring, gives like great, like insightful. I know. I know and so I'm like, I know. And I, I feel like awesome. Katie, I, I wish you could just transfer that superpower yeah. right, right through the, the airwaves so that I could be <laughs> uh, better at, at being re- retrospective and, and and knowing okay how do i condense this down so i <laughs> i very yeah. much value your your superpower same here you know what that it's it's one of the things i actually work with a lot of people on and i always tell them the first thing you can do is just carve out time to do that yeah. cuz like how many people were were running from meeting to meeting thing to thing and were frazzled all day long and then we just like you know, collapse on the couch and scroll for three hours or whatever. Right. <laughs> or run yeah. after our kids. Right. Um, and so, and so oftentimes we don't give ourselves an opportunity to be strategic or an opportunity yep. to do these like, you know, retrospective analyses. It's really step one is just carving out the time to do that and being yep. intentional about that. Well, and I think what's interesting about carving out that time is that it doesn't take a lot of time Mm-mm. necessarily. It's more like, Hey, your last meeting of the day should be 30 minutes looking back or, you know, maybe it's not every day, but it doesn't have to be, Oh, I need to carve out a weekend to give myself a retreat in my home office. It's, <laughs> it's no, <laughs> I mean, you may want to do that to get away from uh, the other responsibilities, but it's, it doesn't have to take a lot of time. So I, mm-hmm. I also love that, that tip. I will, I will remember I need to carve out time to, uh, be more re- retrospective and analyze the the past a, a bit more. Awesome. Katie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. It has been a pleasure talking with you and learning more about your coaching and leadership program. To learn more about Katie and the Insights to Action community, please go to the SavvySession.com for more details and join us next time as we continue to share more stories on business, life, and fun.